Welcome to Advocacy and Hope Podcast, where we dive deep into inspiring stories that shine a light on the incredible strength that can emerge from the darkest of moments. Each week, we showcase the power of advocacy and the hope that can emerge even in the most challenging of circumstances. Each week, you will hear from host Amy Post and powerful guests as they share stories of overcoming adversity and emerging with a newfound strength and purpose. Let's get into today's conversation of advocacy and hope. Hi, everybody. I'm Amy Post, and I thank you for tuning in on another podcast. Again, I always appreciate your time. That's one of those things that you can never get back. So I really honestly appreciate you guys giving me your your time and attention. And it, it just, it really means so much. I really want to just kind of let you guys know that. So this is truly just a, a raw and real podcast series that I'm starting. And it possibly could be subjects that, you know, you're uncomfortable with or you don't necessarily talk about all the time or you don't share your story or really you know, ask others to share theirs. So I really just wanna kinda break out of the box and create something that is extremely raw and real. And I love those that have taken that step and that do it because I really think it's very needed. I think we should all share our stories. They're very unique and we are extremely unique in what we've been through and kind of how we can, I think, help others, help others heal, and in the meantime, we can heal ourselves. Because I have experienced more healing in the past year that I have been working on my book and working on these podcasts and kind of the career that is upon me. I never thought that I would ever get this kind of healing. I think that I was in a situation where I didn't think the answers were ever going to come to me and what I was supposed to do. And honestly, I just really want to encourage you every single day that you get up that your story is important. You are important. Your uniqueness and what you have been through, no matter what it is, is absolutely 100% unique. And I say that even with my own, my own family. Uh, their their stories are completely unique and they are unique and I've had to spend a lot of time digesting that because if you were to ask me you know 30 years ago 20 10 five years ago two years ago what I thought of some of the situations with even my own family I wouldn't have been able to tell you that their story was very unique or that there was a lot there and being able to write this book with an incredible ghostwriter she really brought me out of my shell and helped me learn things about myself and about my situation that I, I didn't recognize so today I wanted to just be extremely raw and real with you and give you a little bit of information about where I came from and the book goes into it a bit and we chose to do that because I think it's only fair, you know, if, if I'm expecting and wanting others to be able to share their story, it's only fair that I share all of mine and I am a completely open, very real individual. And for some people, that might make you feel uncomfortable because, like I said, we talk about things that 
you know, maybe you're just always brushed under the rug. You don't talk about those things. You don't deal with them. You just brush them under the rug and you move on. Normally, in those situations, I think that there are families that break apart. There are people that relationships are ruined or severed. And I think the heart is certainly hurt from just brushing things under the rug. So just to give you a little bit of background about myself, I live in St. Louis, Missouri now, but I was born and raised in Branson, Missouri. I grew up and went to school at Ozark in Ozark, Missouri, not far from Springfield, and come from, you know, very small, very small school, very small area, and a small family. I have one brother, he is 18 months older than me, and my parents uh, still live in the Forsyth Branson area. I decided to discuss different things within my book because I did feel that there was a bit of just description and details that needed to be told. So this has really helped kind of my understanding of everything. So I graduated from Ozark and I bought my first business when I was 18. My father helped me buy it. My mother was not so uh, agreeable to that, but I was very grateful that my, my father helped me in purchasing my first business. It was a tanning salon and I had worked there for a while and then I created a tanning salon within it. I just kind of built it over six and a half years. I had really just been experienced to this business that I felt had so much potential and I could help it grow in so many ways and there were just there were some things within the business that could be improved upon and I, I really wanted to improve upon those. So when the owner came to the employees and asked you know if anybody would like to buy the business, I, I was the first one to step up and want to purchase it and honestly it was one of the best things that I've ever done in my entire life. So at 18, my father gives me the money, my mother puts me on a extremely stringent amortization plan at a 10% interest over five years. And I said, good. I said, I'll pay you back before then. I think I've always been very determined. I've always had a lot of grit. I've always just had some sort of just drive that I'm not really sure I could put my finger on. So I owned the tanning salon and developed massage therapy within it. I owned it for six and a half years loved it. It became a very successful business and I learned a lot from it. You know, during that time I was studying, I went to college and was taking about 15 hours at SMSU, which is now, I believe, Southwest Missouri State. And it was tough. I mean, it was really tough. <laughs> you know, I'd be up at 4, 4, 4.30 every single morning, go to the gym, work out, go to school for all early classes, work all day at my salon, go back at night for school, and then come back again about 10 o'clock at night and end things around midnight after I closed up and just did all the paperwork that needed to be done. And I did that for six and a half years and it was probably one of the best experiences just because it taught me so many things that school didn't. And I really needed those life experiences and I was, I was really good at at just jumping in and being able to create something or improve it. I think that I had a lot of street smarts. I still do. Book smarts, it was fine. You know, 
school wasn't my favorite thing, but you know, I did very well. I graduated with a 4.0 and you know, it was just, life was kind of what I needed to make of it. Now, my family was a different story. I had been best friends with my brother, who, like I said, was 18 months older than myself. And at age 16, started to really just see some different things within him. And it was scary, really scary for me. You know, I think I was, I was 14 at the time, and I was really worried about him. We had been very good friends, you know, best friends. Uh, we lived in a log cabin, you know, not many neighbors. Uh, we grew up riding our bikes, four-wheelers, motorcycles, going to the creek. Just, you know, a very simple life. And my mother worked. She was uh, with family services for many, many years. She did drive a lot, so she had a, a lot of windshield time. My father was always in sales, tended to just kind of bounce around to different job, different jobs. The one thing I can say about my father was, you know, that he had those abilities to really just land always somewhere great. He did a lot of work with Bass Pro. He modeled. He ended up doing all kinds of different modeling jobs, whether it be, you know, water skiing or scuba diving or just modeling on the boat. He did voiceovers, commercials, you name it. And so it was just it was very interesting kind of seeing, you know, how the dynamics of, of my family worked. And, you know, just like anybody else kind of looking at the dynamics of their own family and how it worked. But I believe that there was just this this gray looming cloud over our, our family that started when my brother was about 16. And just tended to, I don't know, seem to not hang around the right people, not the same people anymore that he had hung around with. My brother was very charismatic, uh, never had to open a book to study. Everything just came very easy for him. And I was the exact opposite. Every, everything was very difficult. It was a challenge for me. I remember studying for hours for everything that I ever did. And the nerves would kick in. I was a horrible test taker. Horrible. I, I, I'm, I'm amazed I ever even passed a test. It just it, The nerves would just get me for some reason. And my brother just seemed to always be the opposite. Our grandfather on my father's side of the family was an artist. Extremely talented man. Beautiful artwork. Although he would never let us in his art room and he would never paint or do any artwork for me, which I had asked him several times. He was a very quiet individual, but just an incredible talent. And my brother ended up getting all of his artistic ability. Now, I am told that I have a slight bit of artistic ability, but I don't think that I, I do. I think I can barely uh, draw a stick figure. So I think it was a little difficult for me growing up, just you know, seeing my brother, everything came very easy and he took it for granted. There were just those moments of, there was no responsibility, like he just, kind of didn't have a care in the world, everything came easy to him, and I think that allowed him to slip into the dark tunnel in, in which he found himself, and that was drugs. So I caught on that my brother was, was doing drugs. You know, he wouldn't come home a lot, just very different in his attitude, very aggressive. At that point in time, we didn't have cell phones. You know, this was 
you know, this was 30 years ago. So, you know, no cell phones at that point. So, you know, we couldn't track him. We didn't know where, where he was. But I remember telling my parents that, you know, he was engaged in this and just the challenges that we then faced and the hurt, I think, that I felt in just losing my brother, just losing him to drugs, which I wasn't familiar with. And I, I didn't understand you know, what was happening. I think that, that that affected me in ways that maybe I still don't really recognize, but it was tough. It was really, really tough kind of seeing him, him go through this. And it put a lot of challenges in my relationship with my parents and they didn't want to see this. It was nothing that was easy. And, and I understand that, especially looking back now and I have children of my own. I understand and I see it. I, I get it. That is painful. But I think that there needed to have been recognition. I think that it's unfortunate, you know, they were enabling him. My entire family was enabling him. It was always, you know, we'll buy him whatever he wants. We will pay for him to go to college. We will do anything if he will just get off drugs. It was this just probably the craziest thing that I had ever witnessed in my life. And, and I'm sitting here, you know, trying to own my own business, trying to be determined and responsible and nothing was given to me. But I look back now and I realize that I couldn't be more thankful that nothing was given to me. I couldn't be more thankful that I had to put all of my own, you know, work, sweat tears into everything that I did and that I had to study around the clock, no matter if it was in grade school, middle school, high school, college, it, it didn't end. I, I really had to put a lot of work and effort into getting good grades. And I was a little resentful, I think at the time, absolutely, you know, being a kid, I think we all have, you know, those types of resentments with whatever the dynamics of your family look like but I'm very grateful for it now because it really has developed me to the person that I am and I think made me just much stronger, much more resilient. You know, I've got that grit that just, you're not born with it, you know, or you are born with it, but you can't develop it any other way. I think that comes with just so many different traits that I think you just can't develop them. I think you're born with them or, or you're not. And so I truly think that those were super apparent to me as I was moving forward in my life. I've been in sales most of my life. After, after I owned my businesses uh, for six and a half years in kind of the Springfield, Ozark area, I ended up moving to St. Louis. And I went to school, I went to business school actually in Vienna, Austria. And I studied at University of Missouri, St. Louis. I absolutely loved it. I mean, it was fantastic. Probably the international part was one of the best best experiences I've ever had. I ended up starting and catapulting uh, the International Business Club, the very first International Business Club and only International Business Club at University of Missouri St. Louis. It is one of the largest largest organizations now at the college, and I, I couldn't I couldn't be more proud. But I didn't know, I didn't know a soul. I, I think I knew two people in St. Louis. And I remember walking through the campus and wandering into the buildings, walking up and down the hallways and just looking to see if there was 
you know, anyone in any of the rooms. It was before school was supposed to start. And I remember finding a teacher. Her name was Betty Vining. She was the professor for international business there at UMSL. And I just started asking if there was anything I could do to help any organizations that I could get involved in and just really wanting to dive in. I think I felt a bit lost after selling my businesses and just needed to maybe start that, that next chapter of my life. And she had introduced me to a very, very new organization, the International Business Club that she had started. And there was nothing. It was just an absolute shell with just some ideas. So I remember spending most of the day there and then many, many days afterwards just brainstorming with her. And she was a phenomenal mentor. I think probably one of the best I've ever had. Taught me different things about myself that I didn't know. I, I didn't realize. And I just... I'm so thankful for her and I'm so thankful for the things that, that I learned. And I was able to get the only scholarship to travel to Vienna, Austria and go to business school there and catapult another international organization that, that was there outside of Vienna, which was really cool. I'll never forget that experience. And, you know, building just lifelong friendships with people that you know, we just had some cool interests of traveling and going to business school together. And after business school, we, we traveled across Europe together and just some great experiences. So that was absolutely wonderful. And I think it lent itself to, you know, my determination and just being able to kind of hit the ground running, not really knowing where I'm going to land or what's going to happen next, but knowing that you know, kind of my destiny was whatever I wanted to shape it into, or at least I thought, but it was, it was great. It was also great being away from, you know, the family and this sort of toxic, destructive nature. There were a lot of threads within the family and different things that I discuss in my book that were they were really tough. They were really challenging. So I think that part of my life, once I moved to St. Louis, I was, I was kind of relieved to, you know, be past it and be to a different point in my life. So those are sort of the things that I think shaped me in many, many ways. And so when my daughter Madison, you know, was diagnosed with malignant liver cancer, and then we were told that she had the rare genetic cancer gene, I think just all of my instincts kicked in. I think that I was really able to recognize maybe some things that I knew, you know, I was very strong at, but also I think that I was able to recognize things that I, that I wasn't overly strong with. And being able to kind of teach my daughter, you know, this never give up persistence, grit, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't be more happy that I was able to really be with her in you know those times of needs and advocate for her and just really create something that I don't know what her path would have would have looked like you know if I wouldn't have been able to do those things for her so I think self-confidence was also one of the the situations it was an aspect that really helped me in 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 everything you know whether it was in the hospital with her or owning my own businesses going to business school, whatever it might have been. And at that point, 
I ended up getting into medical sales. So for the last 15 years, I was in medical and aesthetic sales here in and around St. Louis. And it was fabulous. I, I absolutely loved sales. I loved everything about it and really just seemed to, to thrive. But when Madison got sick, that's when everything changed. And it was just a lot of, a lot of difficult times. And so we kind of move forward and look at those, those moments. And I know I go back in my mind and I ask myself if there were different things that, that I could have changed um, when Madison got sick or, you know, what, what that might have looked like. And I, I don't know that, that I would have changed too many things, but I do know that I was burning the candle at, at both ends, if not three ends to just try to, you know, be in full-time sales, push the needle forward, have a family, be in the hospital with my daughter, advocate for her, not knowing, you know, what it looked like and, you know, what was around the corner. So during all of this, you know, I really hadn't had a lot of contact with my brother. He and I just really kind of separated. I, I wasn't, I wasn't on the same page of who he was and the the things that he had done. And I didn't agree with them at all. And I just wished that he could have been a different person and that we could have been better friends and closer. But nine years later, I do now look back and know that you know, he, he is living and has lived the life that he wanted to. I think we all make our own choices and we live that life that we want to live and that we want to be. And so with that, I was able to kind of close that chapter and think a little bit different on that situation. But, you know, we're still in the midst of, you know, Madison being sick and the uncertainty. But it was, I think, one challenge and one burden that it really lay on my heart for so many years with my brother and myself. And not being able to fix that was really difficult. And then not being able to fix the situation with Madison and not being able to fix everything. That was tough for me. So I was learning a lot for sure and going through a lot of challenges with, you know, family, my extended family, my current family. And so, you know, there was, there was a lot of challenge in the hospital, but also I think it, it really lent itself to, you know, showing Madison that, you know, you never, you never give up. You keep pushing forward and you, no matter what, just just push the needle forward every single day, no matter what you're doing and be proud of what you're doing. So I can honestly be super proud because I love, love to share, you know, kind of what Madison is doing right now. She is such a cool girl. She's almost 13. She will be 13 at the end of October. And I just can't, I can't even get over that it has been so many years looking back and what she's been through and what we've been through together and she has just persevered through it all and she's she's a mature little girl i mean we knew that after she was diagnosed and kind of got back into the real world it was a little difficult for her to kind of jive with others and she was just so mature she had been through so many things that others hadn't and i think it was a little hard for you know others to understand and for her to understand them so I really wanted to get her into something such as, you know, owning her own business. 
She had a love for animals. I think she always has. But when we were in the hospital, she really fell in love with all the service animals, the service dogs that would come in. And I think there were probably at least, I don't know, probably at least 20, 25 of them. And we gathered all their business cards while we were there. And it would just make her feel so much better. We came to a point where gifts no longer worked at all. She wanted nothing to do with anybody giving her any more gifts. She just wanted to be out of the hospital. She really wanted nothing more to do with me or anybody that would come and see her. But there was something about those service animals that melted her heart and they would come to see her every single day. Or they would try to, if we were quarantined, it was, it was heart-wrenching because they would not, no one would be allowed in the room and we weren't allowed to leave. So, but those animals, I think just, they did something to her heart. And so a couple of years ago, she started just kind of a, a little, a little small company of, you know, pet sitting, uh, dog walking, you know, dog grooming, whatever she could possibly do in the neighborhood. And we live in a pretty good sized neighborhood, so it's easy for me to, you know, just take her wherever she needs to go or she'd ride her bicycle. And she has really done a great job. She pet sits and does all kinds of different grooming and, you know, dog walking for, oh gosh, dozens of individuals in our neighborhood. And, and I help her out and I'm absolutely so happy to help her out. It makes me, it makes me just really thrilled to be able to see her go through this and, and help her and kind of see the confidence that she has and know that that she's good enough. Know that, you know, what she went through does not define her and it doesn't define me. And that's been one of my biggest, biggest things to advocate recently is that her rare genetic cancer gene and what she's been through and everything that she has overcome it doesn't define her that doesn't define her she I really wanted her to find something that that defined her in in a different way and you know me the same even though you know there's a lot of challenge with what we go through and what we have to worry about and fear does kind of sink in there's just sometimes a way that it just finds its way in and I didn't want that to define me either so Recently, I really wanted to just find something else that she could do. So we launched a line of dog treats, but not just any dog treats because pets have to be treated. I think she would tell you if she were standing here, she would tell you that pets have to be treated better than, than humans do, or at least she would treat them better than humans. She just has that love for them. And so we had to go on a research project of just scouring every single ingredient out there that we could find that would give these pets the best wholesome organic all natural ingredients that they could possibly have and she wanted to make sure that they had health benefits lots and lots of health benefits so she researched everything from arthritis to cancer to joint pain, helping, you know, brain stimulation, bones, muscles, you, you name it. She just really, really just took off with, with this project. And one of the reasons that I know she really wanted to kind of build in the health benefits was because while she was sick and she had just developed cancer, our dog, Howie, uh, he was just a, a lovely black lab just her her buddy 
Uh, he would sleep in her room every night. He wouldn't sleep anywhere else, but he would sleep at the foot of her bed only. And I think that they were just connected in a way that nobody really could put their finger on. It was just this connection like nothing that we had ever seen or witnessed. And Madison rang the bell um, April 17th, 2015, and he passed away um, a year later. Uh, we had to put him down. And so I think that he ended up just kind of taking uh, that cancer from her, but it was heart-wrenching for her. It was absolutely so difficult to watch her lose, you know, her best friend. And she talks about him all the time. Mrs. M sheds tears, absolutely just, they were just bonded in a way like no other. And so in kind of creating this business and making these treats, She's really dug into the health benefits and she's taking off. It has been really cool, fun. We now make treats for all the neighbors. Uh, she has her own business cards. Uh, we just got her name. We bought the rights to the name of the company. We're, we're building out her funnel for her emails and doing different blogs and campaigns, lots of videos. So it's just it's so cool just to, to watch her. And I, I couldn't be more proud of, of where she is. So we'll get into that a little bit more and hopefully here soon I'll be able to give you guys a lot more on kind of where she has come and what she's been doing uh, with her business and kind of her life in general. But I think she, she now knows, you know, just never give up. Absolutely never give up. And if you can just pick yourself up off the floor each and every day and put one foot in front of the next, you're going to be good. If she can do it, anybody can do it. So once again, I appreciate you spending some time with me and giving me your time today because it's meant so very much. I appreciate you and continue to pour in that encouragement. I can't tell you how important it is for me to feel your encouragement and I have felt it. I felt all your thoughts and prayers and thank you so much. I, I absolutely just couldn't be more thrilled about where this is going. So for now, thank you and I'll see you on the next podcast. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Advocacy and Hope Podcast with host Amy Post. Please check out the show notes for all of the guests' bios and information and links to follow to learn more even after the episode. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss any of the upcoming episodes. And please share it out to those who need to hear this inspiring message. You can subscribe, rate, and review all of this on your favorite podcast platform. And we sincerely thank you for spending some time with us today.